0: So, Kim, there's a lot going on right now in the world of PR.
1: Have really? I hadn't noticed. Yes.
0: And, <laughs> you know, things have been kind of going awry, I think, on a national level. But it's a good time for lessons.
1: Life Certainly. Lessons. What not to do <laughs> in public relations and why... It's good to have rules to adhere to. Exactly. The guidelines, guidelines are good. Yeah.
0: And so we thought, you know, considering the state of PR on the national scale, it might be a great idea to have a Pittsburgh-based PR professional and someone that's very social media savvy. Yep. And so who better than Deanna Tomaselli? So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
2: you. So happy to be here. Ah, oh,
0: we're so happy to have you. And I
1: really do love your shoes. So <laughs> I had to just say that.
0: <laughs> but, but So we have many questions. So, so, just be prepared. So,
1: basically, we're going to ask you to solve all, of, all the of the problems in public relations in the next half hour. Got so, it. Yeah. So, as <laughs> Super long as you're easy. Up, okay, totally.
0: <laughs> She's so. like, this is what I do. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your. Kind of background, you've um, I've known you for a while. I feel like yeah. you've known each other since you were like at your first agency. I
2: know, um,
1: and since I was a baby, I know it's <laughs> up so much. Um, so tell us a little bit, how do you why did you want to go into PR? Like, what attracted you to it? And then, sort of, maybe a little bit about sort of your sort of career path and mm-hmm. where you are now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I was undecided when I was in college and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I loved to write, I loved talking to people. I actually considered journalism for a while. And, um, and then
1: you saw how much it pays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now,
2: <laughs> she was um, like, screw that. I was like, I don't know. You know, I loved interviewing people and talking to people and all of that, but I felt like PR was a little bit more well rounded and diverse in terms of what you could do with it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go into PR. It's funny, I actually. Um, Talked to one of my first PR professors. I spoke to one of her classes at Susquehanna University a couple months ago, so I got to talk to her class, and you know, I was just plugging her for being an inspiration to me. So it was nice to get back to that. But but yeah, I went to Slippery Rock and um, went into PR, and I was determined I wanted to work at an agency, and that's what I did, and that was kind of my first couple of years out of school. Probably the first five years out of school, I worked in agencies um, doing a variety of things. And that's when social media really started to to boom. Yeah. And um, I, it just kind of blossomed for business. You know, when I started Facebook, it was open only for college students. And it was yeah. basically to stalk the people in your classes. Like, hey, that guy's cute. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me look him up on Facebook. Still used for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: that's
2: what it's grassroots for. Exactly. Um, so really got... Uh, well-versed in social when I was working in the agency world, just because it was so new and people were asking about it. So I just started doing like Twitter chats and all like the dorky things that people used to do, but it was still really important and it helped with my career. And I just really got a knack for it and learned a lot about it. Now you could like go to school for social, which is crazy. Um, But I really fell in love with PR and that's always what I've loved to do. Um, so after the agency world, I worked in the corporate side of things for um, almost five years at Route 21 um, in the fashion retail business, which retail has been mm-hmm. interesting these last couple yeah, of years imagine. as well. Right. Um, so did that. And then I recently started at Havas PR, mm-hmm. uh, downtown Pittsburgh, in their um, office there. I'm account supervisor. So doing a lot of traditional PR again. So kind of came full circle with starting in the agency mm-hmm. world, moving over to the
1: corporate side, and now I'm back to agency life. And would you say you prefer one over the other or they just have different
2: You know, I I don't prefer one over the other. Mm-hmm. I I like different aspects of both. I don't like entering my time at the agency <laughs> world <laughs> and and billing my hours, but you know, it helps. Yeah. But um but yeah, I I really like both and I've come to appreciate both. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that's not a great answer. No, but that's,
1: you learn a little bit. Honest from each answer, yeah, it is. We're it's all honest. about the
0: honesty. PR answer.
1: is all about honesty. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so, what would you say? So, talk about maybe a, a career challenge you had as a PR person. I had a friend in Boston who her con- her agency represented a company that did whale watch tours. <laughs> and one of, of their boats. Wait, what were they? They they represented a company that did whale watches. So they go out to the Boston Harbor on oh, a boat. Oh, you know. okay. So one of their boats, actually, I think if I remember the story correctly, hit and killed a whale, and they called uh. her like, "Hey, we need to spin." Oh this. God! So I was like, "Honey, <laughs> they don't pay you enough." Yes. Yeah, so hopefully, there's no you know fatalities in your in your line of work. But talk about like the challenges I think people think PR people are all just about message, 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 and you know, you know tout, right, touting your your client. But there's a lot of the crisis end of things can be really challenging and It is it's under the surface. Yeah. Too. Like the ethical issues. I mean, right. And the stuff you're like, doing, how am I defending If this You're right getting noticed for doing your job. You're almost mm-hmm. not doing a job. Like you're trying to keep it so low profile.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And another thing they think is like party planning. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I wish, but mm-hmm. no crisis is a huge part of it. And I've dealt with a lot in the fashion retail space only because you're so high profile. Mm-hmm. One example, I can tell you a, a quick story. We had a shopper come into a store in Oregon. It was my first couple of months on the job, and it was Labor Day weekend, and I was managing our Facebook page, and I see, my daughter came into your store, and the sales manager told her she was too fat to shop there, my 13-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what? What's going on? So, I'm trying to get a hold of somebody and being like, what's going on? What's happening? You know, there's a protocol to follow mm-hmm. when yeah, something yeah. like this right, happens. Right. You can just like call We're going to have to come yeah. back to that later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a good segue into the next topic. But you're supposed to call your district manager and then your regional manager and then get HR involved in whatever. So, long story short, the mom decides, well, nobody answered my post in an hour, so I'm going to go to my local news station oh and talk about it. Because, you know, that's that's
0: normal. Sure. So- um, Someone was looking for like a coupon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shopping spree. Right.
2: So, by that evening in the Salem, Oregon local news channel, it was a whole story about Route 21 calls the shopper too fat to shop. And it's getting messages after messages. Yeah, yeah. You know, that viral thing's oh, going- yeah. In the worst way and I'm just like oh my gosh we don't have a protocol for this you know we haven't had this happen yet I'm so new to this position still so basically it gets picked up on everything BuzzFeed mm-hmm. oh CBA God. everything was picked up once BuzzFeed
1: gets a hold of it it's over it. Yeah. right <laughs> oh my God.
2: and people were just killing us like obviously if it was true that's a terrible terrible thing you don't say that to anyone ever especially a 13 year old girl sure so Long story short, she made it up. Um, you know, the, the the mother had come back out and said, you know, we're we're taking back our statement. It was fake.
1: Mm.
2: You know, we're going to talk with the the store manager. Was getting death threats. Like that's how bad it was. They were getting like rocks thrown at their window. Um, and people were like, how could you do this? How could you support this? Blah, blah, blah. And it, and
0: it was all fake. So a little bit of an extreme response at the oh same time. Gosh. I mean, I appreciate <laughs>
1: yeah, your upset fat shame someone, that someone was goodness. called a name.
0: We shouldn't Mm -hmm. be bullying, but we're throwing rocks at the window and and death threats. Right, death threats. Come on, the problem with the internet, though, it's like everything is amplified times a hundred. Yeah, and it never ends up being about what it was about. (laughs)
2: Exactly, exactly. And they were telling us to apologize, apologize, and I was saying that same thing internally. But it turns out, you know. When that happens, you have to get both sides of the story. You have to interview yes. the shopper, the mother, the store manager, other associates working, other customers shopping. You yeah. know, you it's like, you know. A, You're a doing crime.
1: journalism, basically. Exactly. It's investigating journalism. Exactly. In You've got to find exactly. all you these gotta get all your all sources. To print any of it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Especially if she did call her. Right. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: so, in the meantime, we did put a statement out on the Facebook page like, we don't condone this. We would never support this type of behavior. It's unacceptable. But we are investigating still and people were, you know, not happy with Basically
1: that. fire her now. And exactly, her. Yeah.
2: exactly. And it's, it's, again, it's social media. It's amplifying it. Not getting all of the pieces of the story before you go on a, a whole downward spiral of comments and shares and all of that. So once, the, we actually got the, the news station that originally did the piece in Oregon to put out a, a, a story that the
0: family said it was false and they put that out. See, what I don't understand coming from a journalism background is, why didn't the news station investigate it too? Like, you're going to take this at face value. You're not going to go to the store and interview. It's because everything is now clickbait. It's sensational. Exactly. And this is a huge problem that is just really not being addressed on many levels. But, you know, the fact that you were thinking more of Deanna, you were thinking of it more in an investigative way than the people that are being paid yeah. right. to think of it in an investigative way. is right. su- su- Like super problematic. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yes. For sure.
2: And it's funny because once the station put out that it was false, the comments then were like maybe five people commented. Right. Oh, I saw it was fake. That was fake. So it really looks like we did it the whole time. And no, right. everybody's right. all about it when it's all sensationalized. And then once there's a solution, they're moved on to the next brand oh, yeah. to, to target them. It's like right. sort of the modern
0: day, I don't know, putting someone in the, in those stocks, you know, where it's like yeah. come by and throw a tomato at their head or something. <laughs> yeah. so like, you don't know why <laughs> you're doing it. Guy, yeah. But everyone else just, is so, doing Well, it. they look like they're bad apparently, right. you know. Yeah. So it's just this digital version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's – it's bizarre.
2: Yeah, so it's it's I could tell a lot more stories, but mm-hmm. that's just one example of, you know, things happen all the time and you can't even anticipate half yeah. of these things, yeah. you know. We had a lot of other things happen in the stores that I I could have never even made up. <laughs> you know, we got mailed dog poop once and <laughs> I was
1: like, "What is this?" It's like a women young women's clothing store. What how could it be that objectionable that you have to You mailed them dog poop, yeah, I guess. <laughs> People, man. <Could> <laughs>
0: So, speaking of dog poop, <laughs> what are your That's thoughts? Great segue. Great. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. You. Um, what are your thoughts on sort of how the White House has been handling their PR? Man, you
2: know, it's
0: there's going to be books
1: written about this. Like oh, yeah, PR manual will teach this years, Absolutely. years. From oh my now. god! Yeah. yeah,
2: this is going to be a great case study. Uh huh. It's
0: a whole course, right?
2: It's a whole degree.
0: <laughs> yeah. Frankly. Um,
2: I don't feel like I'm even nearly qualified to even begin. Oh, yeah, you're
0: qualified. To.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I might be a little more qualified than some of the people there.
0: But. Let's remember what we're dealing with. You're, you're plenty qualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just think that it's just been. Uh, not a disaster. Well, okay, I'm going to say it. It's been a little bit of a disaster mm-hmm. from the get go. Mm-hmm. I'm only talking from a communication standpoint. Right. Yeah. This is here. not sure, about politics. I'm not, not going to get political, but from
0: the communications perspective, yeah, what has gone wrong for you here?
2: I mean, just the the fact that their turnover rate has been, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, the between people leaving and between getting fired and whatever have you, it's just been so inconsistent. The the whole. Um, they've been in office for how many months and how many people have been, you know, talking about their communications and everything else and the way it's just been handled and the way that things get out on social media and the fact that they're not staying on a consistent message, you know? Our president is saying one thing, but somebody's saying another and shouldn't one administration have one message? You know, I think it's pretty one-on-one here. And the fact that they're just going all over the place makes people not trust them as much, you know. It, it's one thing to be against, you know, their thoughts and and policies and whatever, but the fact that they're saying all these different things, it's like it's it's not it's it's not good. So I feel like it's a, one, a PR 101. It's So messaging. if you
0: were to to be dropped in tomorrow.
1: Congratulations, you are the new White House communications yes. director. <laughs>
0: Enjoy. I'd you'll move. you'll be
1: there for at least a week.
0: <laughs> Tell us how would you start to try to clean
1: this up and make this more sensible or is it a situation where you just really have the the head of the company so to speak is got his own thoughts of how he wants to do things and there's no reining him in
0: well and that's to another point too yeah. that i definitely want to ask you about after we discuss this is when you have the head of a company like yeah. a ceo right or in this case the president but in general like a ceo and who has their own very specific <laughs> thoughts on this mm-hmm. but you know in your gut and it's from your that learning you yeah. <laughs> that this is not going to work how do you steer that ship when you're not at the helm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that before you even begin to be a CEO or a president or anything, you have to kind of learn what your thoughts are, but what's the greater good of your company, Mm -hmm. of your organization, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, you have to put your own feelings aside sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you should have your strong thoughts and feelings and you should be able to address certain things. But when it comes down to it, it's not about you. It's about The greater good. So I feel like that's first and foremost. And I feel like you have to have a strong system around you, whether that's a senior leadership team or an executive committee or a board of directors, whatever it is, you need to have a certain way of thinking. And I feel like a diversified way of thinking too. You can't all just have one opinion on something. You Mm -hmm. have to have a whole group of people that come from diverse backgrounds that have different experiences that could lend itself to thoughts on how to run a company or the United States, you know? Yeah. So, so I having feel yes
0: men is is not helpful no, at that level.
2: I don't feel like it is. I feel like, you know, um, the diversified people around you is yeah. so mm-hmm. important. And it changes your way of thinking and your perceptions. And coming with different experiences is something that I feel like could help. Um, I was part of Elevate. Um, which is the global networking organization for women. I ran our Pittsburgh chapter for a couple of years and I'm still involved, but not as much. But um, Sally Krawchak, who um, was the founder of Elevate uh, in her book, own it actually talks about this. And she talks about how, you know, it's just about, she gives all these crazy stats about women and um, how important it is to have women who are leaders and, you know, sit in the C suite and everything like that. And she talks about that diversity in, bringing up your your team of leadership and how if you're all going to the same, you know, church or your kids go to the same school or you're going to dinners together, you're all thinking that same way. And that's really bad because you can't get outside of your head and think about, again, the greater good. So I feel like that could lend itself to an organization, whether it's, you know, the White House or it's, you know, a company down the street. So then to that
0: point, What's happening, at least from my perspective, what I see in in social media is that it's easy to now just gravitate towards the accounts that think like you, the types of pages that reflect back what you want to see. So when you're talking to the head of a company or something or or someone that's uh, actively involved at that higher level, how do you get them to see the value in discussing an issue that is not a reflection back of what they want to see?
2: Mm -hmm. And I think that... Social media could help itself for that because people are sharing their thoughts and opinions in real time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's ugly. And we've all seen it with our own pages and everything that you don't want to see sometimes. But um, I feel like showing that and, you know, people speaking out recently or marches or whatever – peaceful marches um, has been good because you could see people's thoughts and that's Mm -hmm. the real people there. So I think social would be a good place to start and say, hey, listen, look at all this data we've uncovered. Look at this poll or whatever. And I think that's important too, just to kind of get them out of their own head and say, hey, listen, this is what
0: people are saying. And do you think it's a good idea then for the CEO of a company to have such a strong presence themselves online because let's say, let's say they're affiliated with a group that is unsavory or they're giving money to a campaign that maybe a lot of people are like, or they have very strong, strong religious beliefs that, you know, factor into their, you know, policies when it comes to health insurance. And they're very vocal about those things Mm -hmm. as somebody that would work on their team. What do you do with that? Well, so I
2: feel like Social is a great thing for somebody like a CEO. I feel like you could get to know them mm-hmm. and see the great things that their company is doing. I think if they're using social media from a corporate social responsibility perspective, yes. from a giving back, all of that is great. Or just to, you know, report on company news and happenings, very very high level, mm-hmm. you know, basic stuff that you would get in other places. But when it comes to and this is my opinion, when it comes to their beliefs and everything, I still feel like politics and religion should be left away. Yeah. And, and right now it's very hard for okay. that to happen, especially in what happened in this last week with mm-hmm. everything. But I feel like to a certain point, they should leave it at the door and just kind of do it behind the scenes if, if it plays into their business. But if it's a big part of who they are and how they run their business, then they need to be transparent too. Mm -hmm. They They need to be open. And yeah, Mm -hmm. because you know, I always come back to Chick-fil-A. I Mm. freaking love Chick-fil-A, but they do have a lot of certain values and things that do impact their business, but that's how they run their business too. And I don't want to give an opinion either way. But, you know, that's an example of maybe they do need to be a little bit more transparent. But if somebody has strong thoughts on something else, maybe they just don't put it out on social media. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to put every single thought right. into your do head. Do you think, out though, there. it's expected of people to take a position on everything at this point? I think, I think a lot of people are forced to make mm-hmm. make an opinion. And I don't think that's always right, too. Right. They don't have to. They, yeah. could, they could separate their their personal thoughts or beliefs. And their, their corporate standpoint. So I feel like, especially in recent weeks and months, it's been more, like, forceful. Like, you have to take a stance right, right now. And I don't or. think that's always right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Plus, you hard. need
0: sometimes to think and digest right. what exactly. you're seeing sometimes and your hearing. Because sometimes local news station has that's to a offer room. a retraction right. six hours later, and right. you've just now thrown a brick through their window. Right. So. Well, I do exactly. want to
1: get back to the question that Natalie had that we sort of mm-hmm. got aside from was: if you were dropped into the White House, like how would you manage? How would you change? Or what would what would your first day order one of business be? Yeah. Oh my
2: gosh! Well, I first get everybody <laughs> into a room.
1: If that's <laughs> good possible.
0: luck
1: with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's
2: got some lofty ideas. Yeah, say <laughs> so come to the Oval Office. I have Chick-fil-A (laughs) now,
1: you know, just, just
2: bring everybody together and just go around the room and just Mm -hmm. ask everybody, like, what is your thought on this? Like, let's talk about, and, and I also would also want to say, what are our top three issues we want to deal with? Mm -hmm. And what are the top three issues that the whole country wants you to deal with? Because right now the administration's you know, really focus on a couple of things and they're missing what's being talked about in the country. So I feel like we need to whiteboard it, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) like here's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: We're not going to go on Twitter right now. We're going to write on a whiteboard (laughs) and talk about our three top things and the world's or the country's three top things and just say, listen, here's how we're going to handle it. And here are our top messages. And I would develop those, those messages. And not everybody's going to Fully agree. And again, I would go back to, let's leave our opinions at the door about what we think. What does the country think? What is the greater good think? What is the best thing for everyone? And there's no one size fits all when it comes to this stuff. Right. But I would at least try to do that and say,
0: listen. And also, let's what's talk the end game here? I mean, right. what's the point? What's your purpose mm-hmm. for yeah. wanting to do X, Y, and C? Because exactly. I think that's being misconstrued too. Is what what is the purpose of all of this? Tweeting
2: exactly. You know, where is
1: it? What is it accomplishing?
2: And I would also strongly suggest that the Twitter stop mm-hmm. at least delete Literally one of the accounts.
1: Everyone is saying that, though, right? Like right. he has to stop tweeting. But who's going to be the one that takes his phone away? I know. Really?
0: Well, it's an interesting Nobody. thing because you know <laughs> when when he was a, when he was a, when he won the election, I was expecting him not to tweet like this once he was president, just because. You know, he there are... not tra- have time. Well, that, but <laughs> also there's just traditions. And like we were talking about earlier, like there's protocols right. and mm-hmm. ways that you go about it and there's filtering systems, but they're put in place for a reason. Right. And so the one fascinating thing that I think has come out of this situation is that people are getting this very unfiltered version of what I think sometimes is probably really going on. And this isn't just attributed mm. to the to the Trump administration, but probably... To, you know, Obama's administration, even a little bit of George W's when Twitter sort of kind of began back then. Um, And so you're getting this really unfiltered version, which has made so many more people, I think, engaged in the conversation because Mm. they I don't think people really understood that there were all these protocols in place. It wasn't just that I'm obviously President Obama was a very measured you know, yeah. even keeled person. He wouldn't be tweeting it for no. a.m. anyway. But having said that, there were still protocols that were being followed. And it's interesting to see when you have that outsider mentality that a lot of people wanted, what that really brought to the table, mm-hmm. which was this sense of tearing down traditions mm-hmm. and protocols. And right. as a person that's in PR, what are some of those protocols that you feel are sort of non-negotiables? in terms of when you're setting up a social media strategy for a new client, how do you say, okay, this is this has to be in place before right. you do X, Y, and Z? And why is that important?
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, Obama did that I really liked was he didn't always tweet. He had right. his team do it. So when he tweeted, he signed off as BO. Yep. So you knew it was him. And I think that's a really good call. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the president needs to be talking in real time to people and engaging in what needs to get done for our country rather than posting every five seconds. I feel like it's cool that he wants to be open and speak his opinion. That's great. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I feel like it's too much Mm -hmm. and he needs to scale back. So it's like, okay, let's focus on those top three things we identified or six, you know, depending on what they're going to do. And let's make that part of your overall strategy. Mm -hmm. Let's make those the topics. Of course, things happen that come up. You know, if something like Charlottesville comes up, you need to address it right away. And you need to do so in a sensitive way because Mm -hmm. the way that was handled, you know, might not have been the best bet. So, you know, have that time where if something like that happens, you talk to your communications person or people and you develop a plan right on the spot when things happen like that. And then, when it comes to day to day things, you know, you have, let's set you to maybe four tweets a day or four yeah. tweets a week. You know, right. you don't have to tweet every five minutes. Um, and just kind of do that and just develop a schedule and say, hey, your personal account, maybe your business side takes over that for the rest of the presidency. And they talk about just business, again, corporate social responsibility or what you're doing, building a new building, whatever that is. Just make that all about that. Make the POTUS account more about, you know, how you're driving things forward. And maybe it's less opinion and more factual. Mm-hmm. And maybe that will help change the the tone of social in general. Because if you see a Trump tweet, it's like a slot machine. It keeps dinging, 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 like the, yeah. the reshares or the, the likes and the comments. And it's like, wow, it's so weird to watch in real time. It's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But when it comes to it, I think that's kind of what I would kind of plan. And, you know, it might not be well received, but I feel like that's the next step. You're fired. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, fast. 10 minutes. Goodbye. Congratulations. You have a
2: normal thought? (laughs) Out of here. And I, uh, one other thing too, I want to say too, is, you know, you've got Kellyanne Conway mm -hmm. on Good Morning America every other week fighting with George Stephanopoulos, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, they're on these morning shows. It's like maybe the president comes on and talks too. And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you put together this whole statement about you know, it's a new presidency leaf, we're turning it over. And this is what our focus is. And you go on a little bit of a media tour, and you talk about that. And then on Twitter, you're following along with the tour and doing that. And, you know, and that way, you know, his perception might start to change a little bit, you know, you're never going to change it altogether. But I feel like if he just needs to get more focused, and less about being the best, then Mm -hmm. a lot can change.
1: Yeah. Do you think had they had a more seasoned I mean, Sean Spicer was someone who had communications experience. But do you think if they had had someone sort of run the show from the beginning who had a really clear plan for... How to do things, but maybe they did. Maybe they did, and then just went out yeah. the window. I mean, like, that's, I that's the thing. I, I, I don't.
0: I think which what Diana's is saying is totally complete sense. I mean, one hundred percent. But maybe that's not what they're trying to right, do. Right. Maybe
2: too. And and I know maybe that the
0: he's chaos not... is
1: part of the distractions right. are and part and that's of the thing with him. But do you think that this does to me it has shown? To people who maybe were kind of skeptical of the value of PR or communications, they're kind of like, "Oh, it's you know it's just about right. you know Which selling things." But it shows how, it, when a, you don't have a good PR or communication strategy in place, how awry things can go very quickly.
2: Exactly, and it's like everything loses focus. If he wants to talk about security or the military, no one's talking about that right, right. now because of everything else. So. Right. If that's what he wants to do, then he needs to reel it in. And I think it does show that things can get off the rails real quick when you don't have a strategy in place. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little bit of willpower and <laughs> and focus and just reassessing. But, yeah, it's like maybe they did have all that in the beginning <laughs> yeah. and just didn't work. So, you know, it, yeah. it, it's his prerogative, and, and he's not a usual president, that's for sure, huh. but, you know, it, but if he wants people to focus on you know, things he wants to focus on. It's not
1: happening right now. Yeah. So what are some examples of, let's get away from him for a bit. Cause, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> some examples of, of good PR strategy. Who would you say is an example that maybe you in the industry or you personally think, hey, that was a really good They s- turned that campaign. boat around. Oh yeah, <laughs> even if it's not even a crisis, right, both a, a <laughs> yeah. crisis or even you know, a a campaign you thought was really effective. I think everyone talks about the Oreo tweet from the Super Bowl. That was kind of a, you know, the lights went out. Real-time marketing. Right, right. That's kind of the thing that falls into your lap and how you handle it. Yeah, there's
2: been a lot of great ideas and and things with that. One of my favorite examples was, oh, I don't even know, maybe seven years ago, and it was the American Red Cross's Twitter. And that's, I was on Twitter one night. It was like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm just, you know, perusing through, and you see this account tweet from the American Red Cross. Right. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Um, I just finished, what was it, Dogfish? Yeah, Dogfish. Uh, yeah. Beer, you know, I'm getting slizzard, <laughs> <laughs> And everybody just starts, like, being like, what is this? Because that song, Getting Slizzard," was out then. Um, so, and I was like, what is happening right now? And people were like, did you Red get Cross. hacked? You know, it's the Red Cross. So... About maybe forty-five minutes later, it wasn't even an hour. They came back. They they deleted they they deleted the tweet. They actually said, "We've deleted the rogue tweet and taken away the keys." Um, nobody was driving, of course, but they said, <laughs> "You know." One of our people got really excited and was drinking a beer and tweeted from the wrong account, you know, we're so sorry. Oh, that's
0: funny. Whatever. At least it was harmless, though. Right. It
2: was very harmless. <laughs> but the good thing is the next day they decided to partner with, I think it was Dogfish, and do some sort of campaign for blood donation, you know, oh. and they turned it around. They said, you know, we're not getting slizzard anymore, but you could donate blood. Yeah. You know, here's how to do it. Yeah. And they kind of partnered together. So they they made light of it and they kind of made fun of themselves and the woman who did it, you know, tweeted from her own account and apologized and everything. And that was that. There yeah. wasn't this long, drawn-out right. thing. And it was pretty innocent. And mm-hmm. it was still in the innocent days of social media. Right. But, right. but I think that was really great because they owned up to something. Mm-hmm.
0: They fixed it right Mistakes away. Mistakes happen. Yeah, no, they exactly. do. And when you have, you know, a few social media accounts that you're managing on your phone, right. these <laughs> things do happen. Oh, yeah. you're it's kind like, of like oh.
1: your, your social media nightmare, right? Yeah. yeah. On their oh, God. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, to take something like that around and turn it into a positive. Yeah, I think, think that was really but smart. You, you mentioned, though, that it wasn't sort of the innocent days of social media. Do you think mm-hmm. we could still do that or it would be like, oh, she should be fired or, you know, the Red Cross does not care? <laughs> like, you know, do you think we mm-hmm. the extremes that we've sort of reached now is, you know, we, they could do that kind of positive turnaround in the current I think it's still possible, yeah. yeah. I think there's still
2: hope for the future. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just so amplified. But, you know you see all these great heartwarming videos that people are still sharing and they're still trying to make good. So I feel like it still could happen. And even, you know, Wendy's is another example recently mm. where somebody tried to to talk badly about Wendy's, their frozen meat and they turned it around and they like got sassy with them. Yeah. And then they kind of made that their whole thing. And right. then that was really popular for
0: a while. Right. So and did you, you see know. the one with Campbell's soup recently? It was like, I don't know if you saw it. It was like a, it was a gay couple with a, Child, oh, yeah yeah and and they were eating soup and it was like this very cute little commercial yeah. and somebody some woman wrote and she was like this is you know on Twitter or something this is disgusting like how could you have a gay couple represent and then I thought this was like the best response but I mean it was a it was a Definitely a um,
1: calculated. It yeah. was
0: calculated, but it was also well, it was dangerous the way they were sharing. sure. But they were like they tweeted back at her, basically like, "Here's a can of soup to warm your cold, dead heart." <laughs> 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 and it went totally viral, oh, yeah. and people were like loving it because because like what you said, Diana. Everything is amplified right now, and, and social commentary is yes. amplified. But it was a definite risk yeah. to kind of be that sassy back yeah. with a response, but it, in in this case, it paid off. So when you're looking at things like that with calculated risk, do you take into account like, oh, we should play it safe all the time? Or are there moments where, I mean, this was definitely not playing it safe in, in a response in that way, mm-hmm. but it paid off.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like brands, as long as you stay true to your brand and your mm-hmm. values and your messaging, mm-hmm. I feel feel like people can get away with it. You're never going to please everybody. No, That's just right. impossible. But if you stay true to your brand and you stay on that, then I feel like sometimes it's it's nice and refreshing to see and and customers will reflect with their wallets,
0: so yeah, well, I think that's what it comes down to. Thanks so much, Deanna, for. Coming on! And oh my gosh, I know. I learned Dishing. so much. I know. <laughs>
1: I know. Me too.
2: White House, call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I don't know, girl. I
1: don't know. If no, I don't that know. Yes, exactly.
2: I, I would lose all my hair. Yeah. And have a panic attack.
0: continual just drip of sand. I yeah. Like, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> well, I hope you'll come on again, and as things develop, I'm sure we'll have more questions yes, we'll for, crisis. For, <laughs> for crisis. Absolutely. Yes.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. I know that you guys have interviewed some great ladies, so thank you for putting me in the good company of them. Absolutely. We count you among
0: them.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks Thanks so much.